Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you today, Leticia Garay, who's the Assistant Director for Admissions at UC Davis in California. Leticia, how are you today? And thank you so much for being here. I'm doing great. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me representing UC Davis today on your show. Um, no better way to end a really long work week than to being asked um, to talk <laughs> about college um, and especially UC Davis, which is a campus I love because I am an alum as well. Well, that is awesome. And we are so lucky to have you. And I'm truly looking forward to this conversation. So let's get right to it. What can you tell us about the University of California system as a whole? Yeah, so the University of California, which we fondly call the UC system, is a system made up of nine public undergraduate campuses. And we are research-based, but don't let that name fool you. Um, as we'll talk on later, we have a bunch of different areas that students can go into. So if you're a student and you hear research, don't be intimidated. Uh, we're just getting the conversation going. But um, our system has one application for all nine campuses, and we have the same admission requirements. But um, we actually say internally, um, and it's an internal joke that we are like siblings. We are sister campuses, meaning that we are very different in our personalities and our vibes, even though we have a lot of overlap in the resources that we offer to our students and the fact that we are a public institution focused on research. So for our students, my first piece of advice, even just hitting the ground running here, is that um, we highly recommend that they look at each campus's um, vibe, the size, the location, um, so that you can see if the campus is a good fit for you. Well, thank you so much for giving us the overview of the UC system, Leticia. We truly appreciate that. So let me ask, can you give us now an overview of UC Davis specifically? Right, so I'll start off with the geography. So UC Davis is actually the northmost campus um, in the system, about 20 minutes away from the state capital of Sacramento. 
Um, we're about an hour and a half away um, from San Francisco if you're going west and that's without traffic. Um, <laughs> and then we're also about two hours away from Lake Tahoe, which is on the east side. So we have some pretty great locations. Um, a little bit more about the campus to give you an idea. Um, we are the largest campus in the system in terms of square footage. And in terms of population, we're actually the third largest with about 30,000 undergraduate students. Um, we started off as UC Berkeley's uh, university farm back in the day. So a little quick history lesson, which is why if you look us up, um, you know, just put in UC Davis, you'll see that the highest rankings that we'll have are actually in the agricultural, environmental sciences, and even um, like the veterinary medicine. So we're actually first in the nation for those three areas. Um, but of course, like I uh, kind of mentioned earlier, we have over 100 different majors on campus um, and over 120 minors um, as well. Some of the more unique majors are our cognitive science major, data science, our uh, landscape, architecture, design, and cinema and digital media to give you an idea of how we're a research institution, but also have all these other options for students to double major or minor in. Um, and then we also are the fifth best public university. And I really love this one, not because I like rankings. I actually don't really like rankings. Um, I had to write these down. Um, but because I think it helps you understand like the return on investment for students and really understanding like the comprehensive um, resources that we have for our students to be successful. And even with that, we are very much as, um, a public institution in California. Very proud of the fact that we are uh, focused on diversity inclusiveness uh, as well, which is why we're number one in the nation in that area. So a good way for students to um, really get an idea of like who we are in terms of the numbers. And I can keep talking about other rankings that, you know, honestly, our students and families can quickly Google. Um, but really <laughs> the point I'm trying to drive home is that um, we, are very prideful of being an authentic campus that drives impact in our communities um, and even outside of our communities while not losing that kind of quirky, fun, cool vibe that a lot of our students embody. And, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this, I'm sure, of campus vibe, but that's one of the reasons our students really love our campus. Well, thank you so much for that comprehensive overview. We truly appreciate it. And Leticia, what is it about UC Davis that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Right. So, I mean, over 90,000 undergraduate applications a year. Um, <laughs> we have quite a bit of interest here. But um, full disclosure, like I mentioned, I am alumna, so I'm a little biased with this question. But I do have top three reasons um, our students really love it. And a lot of those, re those three reasons are ones that I love, but also ones that we have heard throughout the years from our current students, um, not ones that just graduated, you know, like seven years ago, like I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our first one really would be that vibe. So 
like I mentioned, we are a very cool, calm, quirky um, personality on campus. And a big part of that is because we are a college town. So our students in our campus actually make up 50% of the city of Davis's population. So no wow. matter where you're at, whether you're on or off campus, you're going to be running into students or somebody who's associated with the university. Um, our downtown is literally a block away, um, and so a lot of our students walk there, but if you're feeling really fun and adventurous, you can actually jump on the bike and ride through campus throughout our many bike lanes, like the 22,000 bikes that we have on campus on any given day. And we make it very easy to get around because of our bike lanes, but also bike traffic um, lights. And we are our platinum rated bike friendly campus. So it's pretty safe. Um, and if you're not very coordinated um, to ride a bike, which <laughs> I was not a coordinated bike, um, a biker, I would take the public, um, our student run public transit, so our bus system known as the Unitrans. They're big, they're red. Um, some of them are double-decker buses imported from London, so they're really hard to miss. But if you're a student, you can catch one about every other block um, in the city, which makes it very easy if you're living off campus after your first year, which is what most of our students do. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about our campus in terms of like how you get around, why it's a fun vibe. But I said, the second reason for why our students would apply is our location. So again, I gave you a quick geography, but our students really do take advantage of what the other cities are around there. So Lake Tahoe is a really popular place for students to go hiking, camping uh, over the weekend and still be able to make it back for Monday morning classes. Um, but also if you're um, looking for research opportunities, we have a Lake Tahoe Research um, Environmental Center there. And we actually have some research happening there with NASA on um, the very unique um, environment of Lake Tahoe. Um, San Francisco is another location our students love to go to. Um, it's a very common commute. You'll find students carpooling as well, but we also have a shuttle that will take you to our sister campus in Berkeley if you're um, trying to do something like that over the weekend with friends. And we have several local rivers, so um, rafting and floating is another common pastime for our students. Um, for our students who are really excited to jump into internships and experiences, we have Silicon Valley two hours down south. So um, all of these areas we have really great connections with in terms of industry professionals and jobs and internships. Um, and of course, for our students coming outside of California, we have an international airport in Sacramento with a shuttle that will take you there too um, for free. And that makes it very easy to go back home for the holidays, but also for study abroad, which we have a really big program that's pretty comprehensive for students as well. And then I would say the third reason for why our students choose our campus is really um, being that um, cool campus. But like when you interact with students, it's very different. It's not just like a 
an environmental vibe. It's really like each person personifies UC Davis and how they interact and how helpful and approachable they are. Um, going to that quirky vibe, we actually have hammocks on campus and a nap mat, <laughs> which is fun. I am still dying to use it, except that you know I'm always on the clock when I'm on campus, so I can't really take a nap. Um, but we have students doing all these amazing things. Like we've had students make a kombucha dress um, in the collaborate uh, collaboration between departments. We have um, NASA rocket competition winners on campus, students who work with the vet school to save wildlife during the wildfires. So wow. our students really do these really cool things, but you wouldn't know it if you were just to like look around because they're like normal people. They are just there to have a conversation, be collaborative and um, pursue what it is that they want to do. Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. As an affiliate partner with Prep Sportswear, the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners. And now, back to the show. Well, that sounds like such a great place to spend four years and beyond of college. <laughs> Thank you so much. It seems so cool. So as a former student, Leticia, what can you share about life on and off campus in addition to the many things you already touched upon? Yeah, so, um, you know, it was a, kind of a hard thing to narrow down a few um, things to highlight here, but some of my favorite things that I love on campus include fluffy therapy, where we have certified therapy dogs come on campus um, during our midterms and final seasons for our students to really de-stress and have something fun to do. They're always at the library, so you don't even have to go out of your way. Um, we also have a very well-known tradition known as Picnic Day, and that is actually um, the largest student-run event in the country. Um, it hosts over 125,000 attendees every wow. year. Um, <laughs> it has everything from a parade to a wiener dog race, which we call a doxy derby. We have milk um, you can milk cows there, which is very quintessential <laughs> to Davis. Um, we're very proud of the, our agricultural roots there, no pun mm -hmm. intended. Um, and we even have our chemistry magic show. Um, and those are some of the staple events of Picnic Day, but pretty much it's an open house for every department. And every department has some fun, interactive, um, family-friendly event that students can participate in. It's a full day of events. Um, another fun tradition to do on campus um, is our Pajama Reno event, and it really is marching from campus to downtown to the Amtrak station in pajamas following the band. <laughs> and there's some history behind that, um, but it's a really great way to ring in the new, the new academic year in the fall. Um, so I would say those are some of my favorite things on campus. Um, we also offer very unique classes. so. 
again with the quintessential UC Davis, um, we have tractor driving, which is an elective. A lot of our seniors take that. Um, we have beer making classes and coffee making, which is a great class if you're looking to go into engineering, but also just love coffee. Um, <laughs> and we have our bowling alley on campus as well. Um, and an arcades game, which is really popular. Um, and of course, we have all the other makings, like a lot of other universities, like 800 clubs and organizations. Um, we have Greek life, pre-professional associations, a newspaper, radio station, student government, um, and Division One sports. So those are some of the bigger things that students can do. But I like to start off with the things that everyone can do and then like all the other specific aspects that students can find. Um, I will say for our sports, um, and this is a really big thing for our freshman students living on campus in the residential halls, is that we have intramural sports as well. And you can find some unique ones like Quidditch and our intertube water polo, which are some uh, favorites for our students. Um, and then in terms of outside, so I mentioned the Lake Tahoe Research Center, but we also have one in the Bodega Marine Lab on the West Coast where students can, and we put in quotes, right, study abroad. You're living there um, for a quarter, still in California, but in a completely different geography in smaller class sizes and actually doing more hands-on research. Um, really popular for biology classes. So you don't have to be in that major, but if you have a biology requirement, that is an option you can do. And then um, we also have our medical school in Sacramento, which will open up their doors for undergraduate internships. So a lot of our pre-med students will do that. And it's nice because it really is like a, um, it's not a competitive process. It's almost like registering for classes for these internships. So great way to get that experience and know if pre-med is right for you or not. Well, it sounds like such an awesome place to attend college. Thank you so much for that tremendous overview. It really sounds like there's something for everyone, both inside of your classrooms and beyond, along with on your campus and beyond. So really, we appreciate that, Leticia. What are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in UC Davis? And do you track such things as part of your overall application process? Right. And so I like this question because um, I think in California, it's very easy to know what this question's answer is. But outside of that, this is something that is very important. And so for the University of California, we do not track demonstrated interest. Um, and so we are not following students' interests. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't love student questions and that we aren't available for questions. So we highly encourage students to reach out to us. Um, we at, you know, specifically UC Davis, we're very proud of the fact that we're one of the more friendly campuses and we are available for questions um, on the phone or at the Welcome Center physically in person. Um, so we highly encourage students to reach out to us, but reaching out to us will not change your admission status. And so there's no need to stress out about that. Well, we appreciate that. And if a student visits campus, and I know it's difficult because you get students from throughout the country and beyond, but if they make the ride to California, what are some of the sites they should absolutely visit? And what are some questions they should be asking to help them determine whether or not UC Davis is in fact the right fit for them? So we do give 
daily tours during our busy seasons and students can register for them online in advance so that they can hear the admissions and technical side of things before actually doing the tour with a current student. Um, so we highly encourage the students to do that beforehand um, if before visiting so that way they are able to get the full breadth of information. But if not, we do have some resources for self-guided tours and of course it's open to the public. Um, but if you are doing a self tour, I would highly recommend starting at the Memorial Union, which is our in the center of campus, along with our quad, um, the Memorial Union will have a lot of resources and study spaces for students so that you can kind of see what the vibe looks like there, but also our bowling alley and our arcade and our bookstore will be there. So it's a really good place to start. And then parking is really close too. <laughs> um, and then outside of that, as you're kind of trekking throughout campus, I would say go to the Arboretum. It's this beautiful grassy um, place with a waterway. Um, a lot of our students like to study there. Some students bring their own hammocks um, to study there or take a nap. Um, and then we have a lot of new ducklings in the spring. So it's such a cute thing um, <laughs> to do, but it's also just very beautiful. A lot of different um, vegetation that students can learn about on their way on their walk. And then um, if our students and families are hungry and they're spending a whole day there, I would highly recommend going to The Latitude, which is our newest dining common. Um, it actually opened right before the pandemic um, really hit full force. So it's really new and it focuses on international cuisine. So every continent has its own station. It's delicious. I had the honor of going right before um, and I'm hoping to go back really soon. And then <laughs> And of course, for any of our influencers or anybody who's looking to add some more um, cute pictures on their Instagram or social media, we have these fun um, art pieces known as the eggheads, and they <laughs> are um, distributed all across campus, but their students get really creative with the poses, and it's a very Davis-specific thing to visit. So. Um, that's on campus. And then the downtown Davis is also a really good thing to visit. Um, like I said, literally a block away from campus, you cross the street and you're in downtown Davis. You have a lot of different eateries. Um, but if you come on a Wednesday and you stay for a Wednesday afternoon, you'll have the farmer's market that happens there every week. And you'll get to try things like the avocado ice cream and listen to um, the local bands and maybe even run into some professors. So you can always bring that up in class if you see that. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And I was wondering if you could give us some insight on how you review freshman applications. And by the way, Leticia, do you have any tips on how to fill out the application? Yes, this one. Um, not one of my favorite questions because it's so technical, <laughs> right? But it is a very important one for students to understand. And so to give you an overview, um, we use a holistic review process for our applications, meaning that we are looking at 13 different factors that are comprehensive. The best way to explain it is that one, it's not a formula. So I can't give you like the secret formula or the secret sauce, right? To having the perfect application. It really is understanding um, the student's context and what they were able to do within that context. So even students who are applying from the same school will not be reviewed side by side. Each application is read independently 
independently of one another and they are read twice. So um, we take great pride in understanding the student's context and really trying to form an idea of who the student is given their circumstances and their environment. Um, so really, um, one of the tips I would give for students knowing this is that we are trying to understand like how they made the experience um, their own and what they were able to achieve with that they're, that they're very proud of and that is very important to them. Because it is a holistic review, um, I would say that the personal insight questions, the PIQs as we call them, or the essays, are really one of the more important aspects of the application because that's really where students get to tell us all this contextual information that we don't get from filling out basic questions in the application. So the PIQs is where students are able to showcase, explain, and highlight their experiences and the impact of those experiences. Um, the PIQs can never hurt an application, so we tell students don't panic. It's not the AP English literature um, assignment that they have to turn in for a grade. It can never hurt them. It can only be neutral at worst. Um, and so in this, students can... Um, you know, they need to take their time in answering these questions. Really think about it as a why and how are the two biggest questions I would say that need to be answered in these um, personal insight questions. Um, and so a few tips specifically for this part of the application include that we're strangers, so as much as we love to work with students, we can't know everything about high school. I haven't been in high school for over 10 years, <laughs> so things are different, right? Um, and so it's important to explain things, even as simple as they may seem to you as a student, to explain it to somebody who does not know anything about you as a person. Second, um, language should be concise. Um, so AP stuff, all the fun, floral, fluffy language, that's all not necessary. You're not going to exclude yourself if you don't <laughs> use an AP vocab word is really what I'm trying to say. So however it comes out that seems best in explaining your experiences, that is okay. Don't panic too much about it being perfect and making it SAT worthy, right? And our third one, um, I think I already shared, um, but the why and the how are going to be very important. So answering those questions within the questions. Um, so yeah, those are my three tips for the PIQs, which I would say are the biggest part of the application the student can influence. Well, that's great insight and tremendous pieces of advice. And I'd like to dig a little deeper in terms of the overall application. So Leticia, do you use a student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript? Or do you, in fact, recalculate the GPA using your own metrics? And of course, if so, what do you look at from a student's academic record and how do you evaluate them? Right, so this question is a big one for our national and international students. Um, and so to answer it very quickly, it would be, we are using um, a GPA, but it is not as shown on your transcript. So this applies to the entire UC system in that we calculate our own GPA using grades earned from summer after ninth grade all the way through summer after 11th grade. 
we still ask for students to report ninth and 12th grade courses and grades for ninth grade, but we use it more as a trend to see like where the student um, or how the student has progressed throughout their years um, and not calculated in the GPA. We also have um, a different calculation for, we have weighted GPAs, right? So for APs, IBs, and college courses, those courses get more weight. Um, and all of this, if you're really looking for the technical of like, what is my UC GPA? We do have a UC GPA calculator on our University of California website. Um, so if I'm speaking too fast or this is all going over your head, don't worry, there is a resource online where you can see. Um, but really what we're trying to say is that um, the GPA is calculated and it's all calculated the same way for all of the campuses regardless of the school the student is coming from, because we understand that each school has different ranking systems. Um, so I know when I recruit nationally, some students are like, well, my school doesn't rank on our transcript. Is that going to hurt me? No, it's not because we're not going to um, look at your transcript. In fact, we will not even ask for the transcript during the application process. Um, and secondly, we have our own way so we can streamline that information for all of our applicants. And then outside of that, um, I would just say, you know, ninth grade, we do ask for that work. But again, we understand it's a transitional year for a lot of our students. And so it's really just to help us understand the context. Um, if that's something that you as a student feel like, you know, maybe ninth grade wasn't a great year for you, that's something you can put in the PIQs. And so that's why we offer that opportunity for students to be able to elaborate on whatever it is that they see in grades, grade trends when they're um, submitting that. And then my quick tip for this is that though we don't use the transcripts from the high school, we do recommend students report their grades and classes as shown on their high school transcript or college transcripts if they have that work. Well, that's tremendous insight, and I appreciate that you mentioned the UC GPA calculator. Leticia, I'm going to include the link to the Office of Undergraduate Admissions for UC Davis. If there are any other links that you want me to include, just send them to me, and of course, I'll make them available to the students and their parents. So let me ask you a simple question. How can students apply to UC Davis? So we do have that one UC application and the way it works is you fill it out one time and then at the very end, you get to select which campuses you actually want to look at um, for your application, right? And so our cycle begins August 1st for students to start entering information, but the application isn't open for submission until October. And students have from October 1st through November 30th to hit that official submit button to the campuses that they'd like to apply to. Um, of course, it's open in August so that students can work on it earlier and hopefully they're not procrastinating. Um, but we also understand that there's a lot happening in senior year, especially in the fall. So we have that wide application um, period. There's no advantage to submitting it earlier outside of just being less stressed uh, as the deadline approaches. And um, the application process is the same for freshman, transfer, international, domestic. Um, the timeline is the same. And then lastly, we do not have early decision, early action, or rolling admissions to any of our campuses. So 
once that timeline, you know, if you're hoping to apply to any UC campus, making sure that the application is submitted by November 30th is very important. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. And does UC Davis, Leticia, accept AP, IB, or dual enrollment courses for credit? Yes, all of the above. Um, so for APs, we accept scores of three or higher. For IBs, we accept higher level exams of five, six, or seven. And then for college work, it's going to be more on a case-by-case basis, looking at whether or not the school is accredited and then looking at the class itself. A good rule of thumb for college work is if it's a more generic class like general chemistry or calculus, those tend to transfer over from an accredited institution. It's really more of those specific seminar classes that are a little bit on the fence, Um, but students will know that once they've been admitted and if they decide to come to campus, we'll let them know what credit they'll be getting. Well, again, thank you for that insight and digging deeper with the overall application. What are the kinds of things you are looking for beyond the work that they did in the classroom? Right. So we don't have a baseline of expectations for students um, in terms of what they should be involved in during their high school career. Um, And that's in large part thanks to the holistic review, right, that context and environmental piece um, really leaves it open-ended for students to decide on what's important and also what they're able to do in those years. Um, But what I like to clarify in this section is that for us, extracurriculars is very, very open-ended. So it's not just school clubs, not just school sports. It really can include everything from part-time jobs to family responsibilities and even some self-taught hobbies. So like learning how to program, learning how to market, um, all of those extra Coursera classes that really picked up pace during the pandemic. Um, Those are things that students can put on their application. Um, I always joke around, it's like anything that you're doing outside of school that doesn't involve sleeping or um, watching Netflix can be put on the application Um, (laughs) because we understand that there are different interests that students can participate in and we don't want to limit students based off of this traditional idea of what counts as extracurricular. So um, make a list as a student of everything that you spend your time doing and you know that is probably going to be your extracurricular list that you can put on your application. And Leticia, I was also very curious, how does UC Davis support students from different backgrounds and walks of life? Yeah, so one of the common things you'll hear students say on campus is that they find their home away from home. And that really is their quote. I wish I could take it and say that I am a marketing guru and use that. (laughs) But they really say that because of the community centers that they become a part of. And so we have community centers on campus that are... Um, revolving around cultural identity and other aspects of identity, but they're not limited um, to that. Any student can participate in any of these cultural centers. They can um, get part-time jobs there. They have some internships as well. Um, And students really love that they can be involved in these centers um, to create um, awareness and inclusivity. and a way to study and connect and kind of have like a one-stop shop without going to all these different physical centers um, on campus. 
So um, students find a lot of social support there as well um, with a lot of friends that they end up making and a lot of opportunities that come up through word of mouth in these communities. I know for myself, I was able to get some internships because I had talked to some people at some centers that I was involved with um, and they were able to steer me in the right direction even though I had no idea what it was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's a really good benefit. Um, Some of the centers, um, so we have like our Center for African Diaspora Student Success. We have our LGBTQIA Resource Center. um, And then we have our centers are focused for like um, transfer re-entry, differently abled students, uh, veterans, and military affiliated students. And that's a really big one for the financial aid piece. So if you are in that population, highly recommend you reach out to them. Um, And then of course, foster youth and international students all have their community centers. And Um, In terms of the academic side, because we know support and we know building communities is a really big part of college, but also you're there to learn, right? Um, So we do have several tutoring centers that students can visit uh, free of charge throughout the academic year. So writing centers, um, math is a big one, calculus, physics. Um, and then we have weekly office hours with professors, which our professors are always complaining that students are not visiting them enough. So you're a new (laughs) student, go and talk to your professor. They love it. Um, You can come in with one question and they'll probably talk your ear off the same way I'm talking your ear (laughs) off right now. So um, they're always willing to help and give advice. Well, you're definitely not talking our ear off. And obviously, UC Davis is an amazing place, like I said earlier, with something for everyone, both on your campus and beyond. This has been a phenomenal conversation, Leticia. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, it leads us to our last question, which is, what are, and you've given a lot of advice already, but what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Yes. And this is the million dollar question, right? (laughs) Um, And so I have three pieces that I would give any and all students. But of course, depending on what the student wants to do or their um, where they are in their admissions journey, I would have additional pieces of advice. So again, going back to if you have questions or you're interested in our campus, please contact us um, because we are more than willing to have that conversation with you in whatever way you need necessary. But going back to the question, so the first piece of advice would be talk to current students at any campus you're even considering. Um, Current students are very honest. Um, Current students love sharing their experiences and they are a very appropriate representation of what that campus stands for. If a student is very serious, then you understand that that campus climate is one that's very academically uh, focused and based, right? If a student is a bit more chill, then maybe the social or the community aspect is more important or that's what they value more. So it gives you a good sounding board of what it is that you need and also what it is that you're looking for because you won't know that until you hear other students talk. And when they say something, you could either be like, wow, that sounds really boring. Or it could be like, wow, I love that. And I can't wait to get involved in that way. 
So current students are a must. Um, there are a lot of alumna and alum in the admissions world like myself, and we love sharing our experiences, but one, it takes a little bit uh, longer now to remember all those experiences. <laughs> and two, it's been a while, so campus does change. And so you want to make sure you are using all the available current resources, including current students. Um, the second one would be to apply early. Um, we know that there's a lot going on in the fall semester for our high school students, but the earlier you start the application, especially as it goes to those personal insight questions, the better understanding um, you'll have on how to answer those questions. And I think that's why it's so hard to write because as a student, you have an idea idea of where you're going, but there's so many possibilities. And sometimes you don't have enough time to reflect on like where you've been and why that's important to, to understand where you're trying to go. Um, so until you have those early conversations and you start filling it out and makes you really think about it, it won't be as comprehensive on the application if you start later. Um, and also your counselors are not going to have as much time if you're waiting until um, the very last moment to submit that application. Um, they won't be able to really give you as much feedback. And then my third point would really be to pick your top schools and do your due diligence in the research, but don't make college your entire identity. And it's something that I'm seeing a lot of students um, feel anxiety about. And college is this beautiful experience. You get to learn a lot about yourself, um, a lot about a lot of the other aspects in the academic world. But at the end of the day, if you do your due diligence in picking campuses that are good fits for you, no matter where you're accepted or no matter where you end up going, it's going to be a good choice. So make this experience one that is memorable, but not super stressful and not one that will, you know, mentally make or break you because it's going to be okay throughout the process. And you're going to find a good fit no matter where you are, because ultimately College is about the student and the student is what makes each college unique. So make sure that you are reminding yourself that you are what makes an institution special as opposed to the other way around. Well, those are tremendous pieces of advice. I really appreciate it more than you'll ever know. It was an honor and a pleasure, Leticia, to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy, as I know, this is going to help so many students and their parents. Again, we thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I hope that this information was helpful. It certainly was, and we hope to have you again. Thank you, Leticia. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, 
See the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes. 